Let these players fight, okay? <laughs> this is what we all signed up for. Did you just put some boxing gloves on? It don't matter. I, I am not a fan. This is what the people really want to see. Yeah, Steph can outshoot you, but does he have hands? Oh, my God. <laughs> What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss. And as usual, I am here with Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? I, I kind of got a confession to make, guys. I, I cheated on my barber today. Yikes. And so, so how many times... Do you have to go to a different barber for it to be considered cheating, right? Like, is it like a real relationship where one time and that's it? Or do I get like some rope? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you are you implying that if you cheat one time in a relationship, it doesn't count? I'm confused. What's No, I'm, I'm implying that if you cheat one time in a relationship, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like game game time, that's game over. So like if I if does that does that carry over to my barber? Like you gotta I ask you Lethal going to that. A hairstylist. I, don't, I don't do I don't go to barber, so Lethal, I mean, what's looking, up, man? looking at your cut, man. Uh, let me see the fade. Let me see the fade. Nah, I just got a shape up, you feel me? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But my whole barber fade is still there. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you like, cool, you cool. Your barber ain't gonna be tripping, but you you can't take the money out of his pocket every week. Facts. All right, I'm I'm gonna go back to him. You know what I'm, I'm a faithful black man, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanna make sure. That, that I stay. Anyway, I stay <laughs> <laughs> thank you to everybody who has been supporting the show. Make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And also get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets because we are too cool for all of that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us and maybe you will hear your comments on the air. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but it feels like we're in a little bit of a, a time machine in the NBA because the Warriors once again are popping. The Bulls and the Cavs are coming out of the shadows and some players are beefing on the court like it's 1994 or 1993 because that's the year I was born and it was a great year. But I got to say, because of that, we got to do a little special edition of three on five. We're going to decide if we are tripping or these blasts from the past are here to stay. Let's get it. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. Topic number one. We're going to take a quick trip back to a time in 2015. The Warriors surprised everybody and dominated the league, and Steph Curry had his big coming out party. Now, fast forward to 2021, and they have once again put the league on notice, coming out the gates and immediately establishing themselves as the best team in the NBA. And Steph Curry once again looks like he is the front runner for MVP. So lethal. Am I tripping or are the Warriors once again running the league? I feel like the Warriors are doing a great job of um, utilizing the talent that they have. I, running the league, I would have to wait to make that decision until like the middle of the season because, you know, some teams start hot and then die off and some teams start cold and then get hot. So, But the one thing I can say the Warriors do a great job is they utilize their role players. Their role players aren't just standing around, sitting around like some of the other teams that we watch. And Steph Curry, being the best shooter of all time, does a great mm. job of making those role players step up and level up and take their game to the next level. But as of right now... I can say that right now, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA, and I feel like that nobody can beat them right now because they are in midseason form, and it's kind of scary. We also have to you know, acknowledge the fact they're doing this without Klay Thompson. Right. So just put that into perspective. Klay Thompson, one half of the Splash Bros, is not back yet. We're looking at possibly a December, January return from him. I'm thinking it's going to be more along the lines of January. But they're not even at full strength yet, and they look this good. Now, I went out on a limb, and I said, look, I think the Warriors are the team to beat in the West. And people came at me crazy. No, it's the Lakers. It's this. I, I said it. I called it. I could see it from the first few games between L.A. and then on the other side of that conversation, in the first few games of Golden State, you can see drastically how these two, these two teams looked differently. I mean, they were drastically different. So, again, it's very early in the season, like you said. But if this is going to be the trajectory that the Warriors continue on, and on the other side of that, that, that this is the trajectory the Lakers are going to continue on, you know, the West might belong once again to Golden State. 
you know, one thing that I, I notice about the Warriors compared to a lot of other teams that are, you know, trying to find their way, the Warriors still have a lot of the same pieces, mm. right? You still have Steph, you still have Draymond, even though you don't have Clay. I mean, you still got Andre Godalas back. You got uh, Kevon Looney still there. You still have, obviously, Steve Kerr as your head coach, and everything kind of revolves around those guys. And they just do a really good job of interchanging different pieces. What, they, they won a championship with Harrison Barnes, right? Then they upgrade that, they get KD, and now they're kind of replacing that Harrison Barnes-type player with the Andrew Wiggins. And you also got Otto Porter, who's playing minutes there. So I, I love what, what they've been able to do. But, you know, I, I still want to give teams like the Lakers a little bit more rope to figure it out because, you know, I'm here in Brooklyn. I'm watching the Nets trying to figure out how they're going to incorporate 10 new players into their stars, especially when you don't have a guy like Kyrie around. Lakers seem like they're going through the same thing. So I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with Leith a little bit. I want to wait just a little while, maybe maybe another 10, 15 games, and, and see how some of these teams start gelling together. Lethal, let me let me ask you, from a training standpoint, I mean, that's a great point that Chris brought up, is that you're looking at the Warriors team, and it's a lot of familiar faces. These guys know each other, they know their weaknesses, they know their strengths individually, collectively, as a team. And then you look at some other teams across the league, there's a lot of new faces, they're trying to get acclimated, trying to get that chemistry gelling. We kind of saw this back in the day with the big three, when they first put that team together, a lot of people had them going all the way and then when it came push can to shove they couldn't get the job done why is it that some teams are able to gel quicker than others and then why are some teams you know they struggle more like we're seeing like in LA and on situations like that well some teams um you have players who um understand the system and then some teams you have players that have their own system so I feel like um, you can't just go and say, okay, these three are the best. Let's just put them on the team and think they're just going to change the team. No, chemistry starts with, hey, if, if you're on a road and everybody goes eat, eat breakfast together, or if we're on a road, everybody goes to the escape room together, or uh, some superstars, they, they're, they're just like, hey, everybody's hanging out. I'm going to do my thing. Or this play is for this person. How come the play is not for me? And I feel like you know, we're starting to realize now you can't just say, all right, I'm just going to put all these people together and we're just going to win. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work in today's basketball more. And like you were saying, it, you know, chemistry is so important. And I feel like some of the teams that aren't doing well, you could just watch the body language on some of these teams. And that's it's just unacceptable what I've been seeing in the NBA with some of these teams, the the, the people on the bench and some of the superstars. I feel like we got to get away from um, complaining to the referees so much. We got to get away from blaming everything on the on the coach or the referees or, or, or people in the stands. I feel like we need to start having more accountability. And if you notice the teams that are doing well, the Warriors, to me, you, you guys might think I'm crazy, but I feel like when they're even playing bad, they have good chemistry. They're clapping for each other. When guys come to the bench, everybody's standing up. Then you see teams when they're losing, everybody's slouching on the bench or some people might leave early or after the game, instead of going to shake hands with the other team, which, hey, you don't have to do that. You know, you're not here to be pity everybody's buddy, but when you win, you're doing it. When you lose, why, why do you leave early? With that ideology, why do you think then the Lakers are struggling so much? Because those are guys that off the court they're friends you know Carmelo and LeBron have had a friendship that has spanned you know decades I mean Brody and LeBron have a friendship Anthony Davis and LeBron like those guys genuinely are friends but on the court you would think that they were strangers well I mean a lot of people can be friends and and not mesh on in sports a lot of people can be good friends and not be business partners so you know and that's how sports is hey we're good friends but you might be on the same team as me and it might not work but hey you know that's why the good thing about sports is you can get somebody else to replace them. And right now, you know, taking notes, watching the Lakers game right now, like what like what Chris said, is just, you know, something's not adding up. Like, you know, I, I watched the game yesterday against the Bulls and I was just watching the Bulls, how, how they were playing against the Lakers. And it was just like the Bulls just literally looked like they were doing whatever they wanted. Same thing with AD said. You heard AD came out and said, hey, man, we suck right now. And I just feel like as as a trainer something isn't meshing and I feel like if you know the uh, Vogel has to do something as soon as possible because the thing that can't happen is like like what Chris said we can't look up it's the middle of the season or the end of the season and, and they and and they fold it LeBron and D Wade are obviously great friends but I think about that time when they were teammates in Cleveland you know <laughs> oh, Miami Wade people pretend that, that never happened there. that never happened yeah. if you ask anybody in Miami that didn't exist nah, it definitely <laughs> did it definitely did so I mean it happens you know I, I'm I wouldn't say I'm not surprised, but I mean, it's just, it also has to depend on fit, right? Like we, we all knew the Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis parent was going to be a work in progress at best, 
right? And now we're seeing what a little bit less than that best looks like, right? Like it's taking a little bit longer to load. So, you know, like I said, I want to see another 20 games out of some guys, but that trade deadline is in February and that's the ultimate deadline. If, if it ain't working by say January 27th, it's time to start cutting bait. Topic number two. So we're going to take it back to the year of 2011, 2012, when Derrick Rose was running the United Center, Tom Thibodeau was still the same Tom Thibodeau we see now, running his starters into the ground. And, and Noah was wrecking havoc in the paint. And that was the last time the Bulls were legit contenders to win it all. It was one of my favorite Bulls teams ever. But, you know, ultimately they fell short. And this year, many Bulls fans are feeling like this could be like the 90s when the Bulls went ahead and won not one, not two, but six championships. Christian, am I tripping or are the Bulls a legitimate threat to the team you cover, the Brooklyn Nets? Well, the Bulls beat the Nets uh, early this season on a back-to-back, and granted, they had some dead legs, but they they stomped them on, on them in that fourth quarter. I think that game ended up, they ended up losing by like 20 or 30 points that night. Um, and, and what you could see in those types of matchups, like, like we're, like we're going to see when the Nets play the Warriors tonight, um, the Nets have a little bit of a talent drop off at the top, especially because Kyrie's not there. And I hate to bring everything back to Kyrie, but as we've discussed so many times, this, this team was built around three stars. So when you only have two and now you're going up against a team like the Bulls that has, you know, I'm saying three former all-stars and Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball will probably be an all-star at one point or another before his career is over. Now you're just playing the numbers game. How many different sources of offense do you have? Nets have two of the best sources of offense of all time. But once you start, you know what I'm saying, dialing in on those guys, okay, well, who's going to get your next bucket? Is it going to be Joe Harris? We don't know. Is it going to be Patty Mills? Possibly. Can LaMarcus Aldridge keep doing this? It, 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 it can get a little tricky. So I don't want to go on a limb and say the Bulls are a team that can eliminate the Nets in the, in the playoffs because I'd like to believe that KD and James are just so special that they'll find a way to figure it out. But they're not going to be a cakewalk. You know what I'm saying? I think they're a team that can give them some problems for sure. No, definitely. I mean, we talk about this with Brooklyn all the time, and it's been one of my critiques of the team since they were kind of put together in totality, right? They're very top-heavy. And what happens is when you have a top-heavy team, and because of that, I mean, and this is not a top-heavy team of just like, you know, regular schmegular players. This is a top-heavy team of three of the biggest names in the NBA. That's a lot of cash. That leaves you with very little space to get a nice solid bench, any depth to go ahead and relieve them. So now you remove one piece from the equation in Kyrie Irving. You have James Harden. You have Kevin Durant. But because of that, you're now putting an extra workload on the bow for them. And Kevin Durant, you know, is an incredible player, but he's also not 25 years old anymore. James Harden has been dealing with hamstring issues and we saw how it was affecting him last season. And even coming into this season, he wasn't really himself. He was trying to figure it out. He's gotten a lot better, but you can still see that he's not a hundred percent comfortable in the way that he's moving, the way that he's playing. So again, a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Kevin Durant. Yes. Patty Mills had a great game um, the other night, but it is an interesting, you know, thing to look forward to that if Kyrie does not come back, can Kevin Durant sustain an entire Brooklyn Nets team against a young Bulls team that's playing really well and hopefully will only get better by himself? I don't think he can. The good thing about basketball is a team game. And I think we're really starting to notice teaming up with other all-stars is starting to get a little old. Like we're starting to notice that you can put a team together of, of of basketball players that's not always the main superstars being on the same team. So I have a good feeling that probably starting next year in the NBA or the year before, a year after that, you know, it might be like back in the old days. It's just like one superstar on the team. Oh, no more super teams. No more super teams. I've got fans. I've got some Nets fans in my Twitter mentions talking about go sign Lance Stevenson. Wow. Right. Coney Island's finest? The, the thing that's crazy <laughs> is, y'all going to think I'm crazy because, you know, I train Lance. It's people like him. How the hell is he not on the Nets and he's from New York and they need that type of electricity, um, not just because he brings like what Kimball brings to the Knicks, but like he's going to bring a different thing and a different swag. What the Nets do need, Chris and Ash, they need You that. know what? I, I agree with that. I You know, obviously I'm not a Nets fan. I'm a fan of the real New York team. Shout out to the New York Knicks. But I will say... I will say that the Nets miss that gulliness that comes when you're from Thank New York. You. you know what I mean? Yeah, you have a you. lot of talented guys on the team, 
but none of them have a true connection to the city, right? right? None of them have a right. true connection to the Preach. environment, to the culture. Exactly. And even you can say what you want about the Knicks. And look, at the end of the day, the Nets are definitely more talented. I mean, you have Kevin Durant and James Harden on a team. You're automatically more talented than the New York Knicks. But I think what makes the Knicks so much fun to watch and what attracts them to people is that you have a lot of guys that are from there. Taj is from Brooklyn. Kemba is from the Bronx. You know what I mean? Like those are guys who eat, breathe, sleep, New York City culture. And it comes across in the way that they play, especially when you see last night when they're really in their bag. They, they're not afraid to get gully. They have that New York attitude. Brooklyn is a very like, it's a very weird environment, Barclays. It's it, it, From the fan standpoint, from the players on the court, it's quiet. It's not the same energy. And that's because I think you lack a player who has that connection. Yeah, yeah, I think the other part of it is, you know what I'm saying, the Nets got here in 2012, right? So we've got fans that are still trying to learn how to be fans in a way and try to embrace this Nets franchise. One more thing, because I don't want to let the Nets front office off the hook for the roster that they have right now. Uh-oh. The Nets had an opportunity to to get players back for Spencer Dinwiddie, to to get players back for DeAndre Jordan, and they chose not to get players back. Um, and I, I think that was a, a poor decision that they made because they were considering the luxury tax um, and, and now they still have an $11 million trade exception from the Dinwiddie trade. So if they don't use that on the buyout market to get somebody that can kind of support their roster right now, um, that could end up being their downfall for sure. All right. So topic number three, Kevin Love is coming off the bench. Kyrie Irving has moved on twice over and LeBron is not walking through the door in Cleveland anytime soon, but that does not matter because the Cavaliers are nine and six and currently in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Now, this is their best 15 game start since the 2016 and 2017 season when they opened at 13 and two. Now, what's even more impressive is when you realize they've played four games without Colin Sexton. Now, Lethal, I got to ask you, Cleveland, am I tripping or are they going to be a shoe in for the playoffs? Once again, um, it's real early in the season, but uh, the one thing I can say is I've seen Darius train before. Uh, I know his trainer and Darius He's different. Darius is very shifty. Darius is a leader. Darius is ready for the moment. And the one thing we can say about Cleveland, um, for the East, it, they can make some noise if they stay consistent. You know what I mean? And um, if you know, like you said before, Kevin Love is coming off the bench as he should. You know, um, he's he's been going through a few things um, in the past, and I feel like. Um, he's not looking like the old Kevin Love, and it's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Because sometimes in the NBA, and sometimes um, in life, mm. sometimes you, you you might not have that same itch or love for the game. So, but the one thing he does bring, he brings that vet um, personality. He brings that knowledge. So mm. you need him on the team, but he's not bringing that speed of today's NBA. Like today's NBA, you have to be, a, you have to have a certain type of niche. So I feel like having Kevin, Kevin Love comes off the bench actually helps them a lot. And the one thing I love, I think. You know, having a coach that connects to the players. You know what I mean? I I saw a video. Uh, they won a game, and all of them was in the locker room barking like, hur, 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 hur. and you could just tell from a player standpoint. It's like, damn, I love playing for coaches that that understand us. Like that's why they need to hire more coaches that understand the players. Because if you get a coach that doesn't understand the player, the player gonna give sixty percent. But if you get that that coach that the players love, they gonna give hundred and ten percent. And that's what we can say the Ca- the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing, man. Shout out to the Cavs because you guys are playing your ass off. You know I gotta plug my guy right quick one time for the one time. The Cavs would not be in this position without the stellar play of former Brooklyn Net Jared Allen. Yeah. Do you understand? That's true. That's true. I watched him come into the league. He's amazing. Yo, he was just some just yeah. frail, tall, tall guy. Do you miss I'm saying, him in Nets uniform? Do you miss him? Yeah. What if he was? Yeah. A, mm. He understands it. I apologize to cut you off, Chris, but that guy understands his role: block shots, yeah. rebound, dunk the ball, run the floor. You don't see him trying to do anything he cannot do. He is a championship caliber type. You're about of, to put Chris at his feelings. He's about to. <laughs> he's about to walk down memory lane, bro. <laughs> if the Nets would have had Jared Allen on last year's team, they would have won the NBA. They would have won. I it. I think so too. And, and you just see the growth in his game year over year. I mean, every year is his points are, are increasing. His rebounds have been solid. Um, it, it's just you, and this is why you got to pay your big man, right? Like we were talking about about the situation in Phoenix earlier, not paying uh, DeAndre Ayton. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what type of Jared Allen we get if they try to lowball him, right? If they if they don't come to the say, what they give him five years, a hundred million, something like that. That's a great 
sign of, of of respect and belief in your big man he's playing like it and i mean the cavaliers i'm not gonna sit here and, and jump off the ledge and say oh they're gonna be a top four team in the east i think they're probably gonna end up still competing for one of those play-in spots because i think we're gonna see teams like boston like milwaukee like atlanta start fighting up the standings soon but the fact that they're even in the mix right now and they don't really have that recognizable star right now. We led this segment with Kevin Love, right? Kevin Love has, hasn't really been an all-star caliber player for some years. The fact that they're even in this conversation just shows you. Hat off to J.B. Bickerstaff, number one. Like you said, Lethal, he's, he's coaching his ass off. And uh, those players are playing hard. The Nets got it. The Nets going to have some trouble because they play the Cavs on the second game of a back-to-back after the Warriors. And uh, Jared Allen is going to try to put on a show. I already know. It's definitely interesting because we talk about, especially in the modern NBA, you know, super teams and making sure that your team is stacked and you have all the big names, the future Hall of Famers, the NBA All-Stars. But we forget what a team can become when you kind of go through that pat- that rough patch of rebuilding, right? I mean, this is a team that hasn't been, quote-unquote, relevant for four or five seasons now. But now you see them and they're, they're starting to look like there's something brewing in Cleveland. And it's interesting to still see that teams are able to kind of develop and 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 grow the old-fashioned way, if you will. It's not so much about getting everyone at once and making sure we push, make a run for it, you know, and, and having all the big names and let's make sure that we win the chip that same season. You can still go ahead and build a team from the bottom up and, and start from ground zero, if you will. And I think it's cool to kind of still see that that still exists in the NBA at in some franchises. They got Ricky Rubio out here playing like it's the Olympics. You know the vibes, Ash. You know what he did. I know. Don't bring it they, up, bro. They got. They just have a, a solid. They they got about what's this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the take crack command. Oh they got about gosh, nine. They got about nine solid rotation players that they can that they can slide in and Real out. That's solid. that's a deep team. Moving into topic number four, last week we touched upon the newfound physicality of the game, which Lethal and I both really, really love. But in addition to the refs letting more things go, we've also seen a few dust-ups early in the season. I mean, first, things got very heated between Jokic and Morris, and it looked like his brothers... Some cat fights. <laughs> Listen, it looked like Jokic's brothers and the Morris brothers were going to go ahead and scrap in the back alley. And then last Thursday night... Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert got into what seems like a little bit of a bootleg sumo wrestling match. I don't know. It was a, it was a little weird combination, but this led to an early favorite quote from Gobert who simply said, and I quote, "Guys that are not about that life need to stop acting like they are." So shots fired from the Frenchman. Now, the NBA has a long history of star players catching fades, but the era of ball players throwing hands on the hardwood may actually be a thing of the past. Christian, I gotta ask you, and I know you're prepared for this question. Am I tripping? Are we tripping? But are we ever going to go back to the days of the real tough guy NBA fights? Or is that over and done with? Let it go. <laughs> Let these players fight. Okay? This is what we all signed up for. Look, I'm Did not a fan. you just put some boxing gloves on? This man on. has boxing gloves on for the people who can't see him. This is what the people really want to see. You feel me? Like... Yeah, Steph can outshoot you, but does he have hands? Oh, my Probably God. Not. He might have hands. You know what I'm saying? Look, well, I, I watched what happened between Rudy Gobert and, and Miles Turner. That was sad. That was so Yeah, that's just like, if, y'all, if you going to actually rush somebody, don't just try to run up with your shoulder. <laughs> Grab your gloves, bro, and throw some hands. I watched what happened between Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris. And, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, Markeith just runs up and, and, and tries to hit him, but... Nicola waits for, for him to turn his back to truck him. I'm like, come on, lace him up. You know what we need to have? You see what Darren Williams and Frank Gore are doing right now? They're about to enter the boxing ring. They about to let's see these players throw some hands, man. Where's, I wish KG was in the league right now. We don't promote violence on certified. I buckets. wish KG was in the league right now, man. It, it would be a tote, man. But I agree with him. Like, I feel like some of these players, like. Look, man, you making a hundred million dollars, hundred fifty million dollars. You ain't gotta be out here acting like you a stone cold killer from the eighties. Like, just play basketball. <laughs> of course, don't let nobody disrespect you. But dudes, be like, man, meet me, meet me in the parking lot, and meet. Oh, like Jimmy it, Butler, it, bring your ass to the back. I ain't saying bring names, your ass but I'm saying, but I'm saying, if you gonna fight, a fighter fights in the moment. Like, ain't no, like, if I got a, a beef with you, Chris, I'm not gonna be like, okay, okay, not not right here. Meet me down the street, right? And it's like, bro, just play basketball. Like when it, but. Of course, Chris, if somebody disrespects you, you got to be a man. But if somebody's not, yeah. like you say, attacking you, trying to punch you or something like that, bro, just play basketball, bro. They be killing me when they're like 
trying to be like, you know, nobody's soft in the NBA. If you were soft, you wouldn't have made it to the NBA. You're you're where you are because you have heart, because you work to where you to get to where you are, and you're showing that you're one of the toughest players in the world. You don't have to try to show it this to show that you're a tough guy by throwing a punch. And like what Chris said, if you want to throw a punch, man, set up a versus or something to get in the ring and fight against somebody. Gotta, but stop trying to you gotta do what Carmelo did. You gotta pull up on him after the game. Man, wait for him walk, outside, walk on outside the, bus. the bus. Like, yo, where he at? Right. You saying something about me? Yeah, yeah, where yeah, he yeah, at? yeah. But you know what? Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, for two reasons. I think one, the NBA has a lot stricter fines for fighting than I think we, you know, have seen ever before. Um, and I think also because the league is the most competitive, I think we've seen it in a very long time. Guys don't want to go ahead and, you know, negatively affect their team. You know, if Jokic would have went ahead and really thrown hands with Morris and then, you know, the, it spills over into the guys, you know, Jimmy gets involved and then Bam gets involved. You know, those are a bunch of star players that are, are, are crucial to the team being successful. Now, if they get suspended for 10 plus games, where does that put the Miami Heat in a very, you know, competitive Eastern Conference and vice versa? Where does that put the Nuggets in a very competitive Western Conference? I think guys are also more have more of a conscience about the long term effects of what fighting could possibly do. But I think also like, look, don't try to pretend like you're going to throw hands. I think that's what pisses people off. Like, don't wait till the guy's sitting on the bench and then you're talking about, like, oh, bring your ass to the back. Like, why didn't you say that to me when you were on the court in my face? Like, if you the, were- the NBA had to know that this was coming, though, when they started doing these officiating rules, what they're doing, they're letting stuff go. Guys are going to get mad when you're not calling fouls that they're used to getting. And then when you're letting people really, really play physical, this is the most physical we've seen people play in, I don't know how, in what? Yeah. 15 years yeah yeah right something like that I bet you guys uh, I could be wrong we might need to pull it up I bet you the um, it's been more viewership this year than probably the past years because we're seeing real basketball no for sure I mean I think I think there are more you can find more fans who love the way that the NBA is being officiated this season than who hate it and I think that's because you know, they're actually playing, you know, you're actually, we spoke about this last show is you're outside of the physicality of it. You get to see guys tap into different layers of their game because they don't have the safety net of those referees, right? You don't have somebody just out there hacking fouls and getting to the line every other, you know, possession and, and, you know, you know, gassing up their, their stat lines like that and adding extra points strictly on free throws alone. You're actually watching guys having to be crafty when it comes to the game outside of getting calls. And I think that's um, something that fans are appreciating because I think it got it got to a point where it was like you sneezed on a player wrong and it was a foul. And as a true basketball fan, you're just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is soft. Is this the NBA or is this not the NBA? Yeah, people are like, we'd rather watch you. Euro basketball over the NBA, and I'm like, hold up, man! Like, but that's if you got you probably you guys don't probably see it, but that's why I was doing those posts last year on my page, which was going viral on my page, just saying like, come on, man! Like, we missed this NBA. Like, like you remember one of the refs last week went like this to one of the players, like boo hoo! Like, of course a ref doesn't <laughs> need to be sure. Of course a ref doesn't need to be doing antics. But even the Lakers game yesterday. One of the players said something to the ref. The ref looked at the player like, get out of here. Like, because the refs ain't scared of y'all. Y'all be running up on the refs like they're not grown men with families too. Like, but that's the sports that we want to see. Of course, we don't want to see fighting, but stop treating these guys like they some five-year-old kids. If you foul somebody, you foul somebody. Take your ass to the free throw line or go sit Facts. on the bench. Like, but that's the energy we love. Yeah, and listen, mm. the numbers show that because Statman, aka Josh, shout out to Josh. Um, okay. Just drop, just drop these stats and let us know that the viewership of NBA games on ESPN is up twenty percent so far exactly. this season. They are averaging one point four million viewers through twelve games so far this season, up from the 2020-2021 season's average of one point two million. So the numbers mm. don't lie. Fans are loving this type, this type of basketball. Real basketball. Don't right. change nothing. No, there is one thing that they need to change, oh, right? Here and, we go. and some people aren't no, I think I think this is, is kind of standard. That take foul, right? When 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 someone oh, grabs oh, yeah, it, when, yeah, when yeah. transition oh, okay. starts yes. and, and you and yeah. you're pushing that it ball and someone just going, Yeah, nah, that that gotta be something. Because that you're missing out on a big monumental dunk. Yeah, I want to yeah, see that half-court yeah. alley-oop from Lonzo Ball to DeMar yeah. DeRozan. Yeah. Or, or maybe DeMar DeRozan catches that and then throws it off the glass so Levine could come and finish. You know what I'm saying? Yep, like, we, we yep. missing out on those moments. So, NBA, yep. handle that real quick. 
Rounding out our three on five, the time travel edition, you know, Chris and I are going to like this because we, we're East Coast all day, baby. All right. Mm-hmm. So check this out. For the, the first vibes. time since the Bulls dynasty, the East might officially be better than the West because as of Tuesday afternoon, the Eastern Conference is 35 and 23 against the Western Conference. There are nine teams at or above 500 in the East as opposed to eight in the West. And the two worst teams in the league, Houston and New Orleans, have a combined record of 3-26. and 26. They also happen to both reside on the West side. So, Lethal, am I tripping or can we now crown the East the superior conference? The one thing I want to say is the East, they're, they're doing a good job, I feel, of its leveled competition. Um, I feel like some of the West teams are trying to figure it out. I just feel like the West has better talent, and I feel like once it starts getting going, I, I, I have to stay with the West. It's much harder on this side, but the East is more entertaining right now. We we have this conversation a lot, and I think it's fair to say that the West has the more talented players as individuals, right? If you look at the, the type of players that are in the West and you stack them against the East, player for player, absolutely the West is more talented. But is there a conversation to be had that while they have the most talented players, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the most talented rosters or the most talented teams or the better con- the better constructed teams to win. Yes, you know, basketball at the end of the day is a team sport. So you having a bunch of superstars on your team, yeah, that may be crazy and, and may look like insane on paper, but if it doesn't result in wins, does it really matter? It's tough to talk about this so early into the season, right? Like yes. if we're at game 41, then it's like, okay, now we really know. On top of that, we've got a team like the Nets who are missing Kyrie. We've got a team like the Sixers who are missing Ben Simmons, right? There are guys that are out <laughs> of the just rolled his eyes for... at you because bringing up Kyrie I mean, once we, again. Bro, <laughs> go knock on Kyrie's door for us, please. We got to be are, talking about All-Stars. He brings... Bro, it's okay, bro. I, like, like you know, in sports, I, as much as I love Kyrie, I, I know you guys are having a hard time because he's not there. But one player shouldn't affect it this bad. Like you said before, it, it was a the team should have been put together a little bit more better. Sure, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying that there's financial like, like, all right, the 76ers. Look how they're doing without Ben, though. Yeah, that's different, right? That's because they, they drafted Embiid. They drafted Ben, right? And you're, you're afforded different luxuries when you build teams with players that you drive. But but here's here's just one more thing, right? Like the Bucks are six and eight. The the Hawks are six and mm-hmm. nine, right? These are teams that I expect to, to climb up the standings. The Celtics are seven and seven if they figure it out. The Raptors, I think, are better than seven, eight, uh, seven and eight. I think there's still, you know what I'm saying? I, there might be something to this, you know what I'm saying? Beast Coast versus Best Coast. I'm I'm really liking what, what the East is doing because for, for years, you know what I'm saying? I... For when I from when I grew up from when I was born to maybe like not too long ago, it's been West 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 yeah. every year. If the we if the East won the All Star game, it was a good year mm-hmm. for the East, right? And, and now we're seeing something where it's like, yo, like there's a legitimate conversation that be had here, and and that that shows you how far the conference has come. We're definitely seeing the incline of of the East, right? But I want to ask the both of you: Do you think that we'll ever see it? And and if we do see it, will it be you know in the near future where they just surpass? the West in in being the better conference? Or do you think that the West just for some reason will always reign supreme? No, it's not for some reason. It's for one reason, Los Angeles. Players will always want to live in Los Angeles, no matter what. And they will play for the Lakers or for the Clippers to do that. And I, I think that's why don't that's people want to live in Miami? To. The weather is gorgeous. Y'all got hurricane season. But there's no there's no tax. Keep more money in your pocket. Save some tax and, and <laughs> you might end up flying away. Listen, I can't even remember the last time we had had a hurricane. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's crazy, though, that one city will be the sole difference maker in why the West in, that you're saying will always reign supreme, regardless of what the East does and what they accomplish. It's solely because of Los Angeles. Yeah. Where, where did most of the premier? Where did LeBron go? LeBron didn't go to Utah. He did go to Miami and Cleveland, though, at one point, too. So. Yeah. I mean, but when he wanted to retire. Tire when he was like, okay, let, let when everything's said and done, he didn't go to New York, even though all of us in New York wanted him to go there. He could have gone to the Nets or to the Knicks. He didn't go to Philly. He didn't go to Boston. I mean, he went to Los Angeles, right? Where did Kawhi? Where did Kawhi and PG go? Kawhi could have stayed in Toronto. They'd have named the airport after him. They'd have gave him a deal with Drake. They'd have gave him his own city. Nah, I want to go home to LA. Yeah, but when you look you know at you look at Kevin Durant, right? You look at 
Giannis, you look at, you know, Jimmy and Bam down in Miami, you look at the Chicago Bulls, you look at the Knicks. I mean, you have teams that have big names on it. You don't, it's not like the, the East is filled with a bunch of scrubs and, and no names and, and, and second stringers and, you know, backup guys. There are superstars on these Eastern teams. And if that trajectory continues, there's no faith that they could ever surpass the West. I'm starting to think, and you guys can check me if I'm wrong. People, I don't think people care about that type of stuff anymore. I think guys just want to be on a team yeah. with good chemistry and 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 play around guys that they want to that 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 they want to win with. Like I think going places for the weather and for you know chicks or for certain chicks. things. I, th- <laughs> I, I I just think it's played out now. I think guys are trying to win to get more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So look I at Donovan kinda, Mitchell. He plays in Salt Lake yeah. City for of all places. Yeah. So <laughs> we got to omit players that were drafted into markets without their own. You know what I'm saying? Like he. He, he got he didn't have there, to Bam sign got... the supermax to stay. He could have oh, left. Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, that's not get... you, no play... Who name me one player that has turned that's down the supermax? Two hundred. Listen, million. if he wanted to, New York would have gladly paid that check, but he wanted to stay in Utah. I don't got New York giving him two hundred. Okay, well, then, I, time I would, will tell. I think they would if they if they time if they will could. tell. Donovan, we're waiting for you to come on home. Okay, whenever you're ready. <laughs> as long as LA, as long as Los Angeles exists, the West is going to be. Whenever up you're top. ready, Spider. Whenever you're be... ready, come on home. Okay, we're waiting for you. But you know what? We're not waiting for the end of three on five because we just finished. See, so ready? Know the vibes. We got to see what's going on on the timeline. Let's check it out. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Yo, Lethal, I got to holler at you for a second. Uh-oh. Because I saw a Steph Curry comment under one of your posts. And I'm like, hold on. I must not know who, who I'm dealing with right now. If Steph is on this man's post comments, I'm like, hold on. Nah, something's up. But nah, this, this is fact, right? Real recognized real. And, and you, Lethal Shooter, and Steph, as you already said, is the best shooter of all time. So for those who didn't see Lethal posted, obviously, posted a video, and and you educated me because I'm sitting like, hold on, how, how is that a, a a bad shot? But then I realized you're not talking about for Steph. You talking about for the for the rest of for the everybody else not named Steph or not named I don't know guys who can shoot transition threes uh in their sleep. And you're saying, hey kids, this is not a good shot, right? Steph Curry is is he's dribbling up court, nobody around him. Instead of going to the hoop, he shoots a wing three. We know what's going in because it's Steph Curry. But if I were to do that growing up on my on my basketball team, Snatch I'd have got ass. pulled. Everybody would have got pulled, <laughs> right? And, and Lethal, yeah. you're saying, look, kids, this isn't a good shot. Don't ever take it. This should be the last shot you're attempting in elementary, middle school, high school, college, or in a live game. And guess what? 99% of the NBA can't make these consistently. Except Steph, except Steph, he's the best shooter ever to walk this earth. And obviously, Steph responded by saying, "Appreciate the love, bro," and could not agree with you more. <laughs> Number one, was he, was he agreeing with you about the shot or about him being the greatest shooter ever to walk on this earth? You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's he's agreeing about both because what people have to understand is when I posted that, people were in the comments, "Oh, you're a hater!" Like you know, you're hating because you ain't in the NBA and you're hating because you ain't. No- it's like, bro, hold up, chill. I've helped the Warriors before with certain players before, so it's like. People don't understand what I really do. I think people, like I said, they just see social media and don't realize that I actually help teams. And right. I don't think people really understand <laughs> that like the way that I shoot, you know, I, I can shoot the basketball really good. That's why NBA guys and NBA teams hire me. So it's like, I'm not going to go ahead po- and do a flex post. on these folks, Lethal. Say it with your chest, baby. I'm just not going to do a post to hate on a player. Like I was just trying to educate kids. If you want to shoot like Steph Curry, don't ever take that shot right now. But- in 20 years from now, if you're feeling it and you got 40, 40 damn points or you got 45 points and you feel that shooter's itch, nobody's saying you can't shoot and turn around. But if you're Then you can hit that shimmy when you're done. You can hit the shimmy. But if you're coming up in the grassroots, if you're at Duke or Kentucky or you're coming up in YMCA League or whatever and you shoot that type of shot, that's unacceptable because that leads to bad muscle memory. Because the one thing we know about Steph Curry... He, he wasn't doing that when he was young uh, in a live game. That's why he shoots so well, because he shot millions and millions of shots for that one moment, Chris. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. He's taken 10 million shots to deserve to turn around. So if you're not shooting that many shots that he shot, and you can't shoot to his ability, not saying if you're not playing in a men's league, if you're not playing in the YMCA or the 24-hour fitness, you can't be <laughs> stuff. But I'm saying, if you're in a live game with a coach and you're trying to win, 
nine times out of ten, if you shoot that and miss, your coach is going to sit your ass at the end of the bench. Period. Please, lethal and, and said, Steph- you weren't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give Steph- Lethal some flowers. So, lethal, it's a soldier boy moment real quick. First shooter to make a jump shot underwater. First oh shooter to make God, a jump shot man. from one truck into Drake. another truck while both trucks are going however many miles an hour. First shooter to make a jump shot into a, a basket with nails in it. What else, Lethal? What else you did? Now he's got to make a jump shot on the moon and he'll really be going. I, I tried. I, I tried to do that, but, you, but Red Bull, you know it costs $200,000 to, uh, to go up there for, just, no, $200,000 to go up for gas. That's just gas. That's not... To go up there, the gas is only two hundred thousand. Oh my God! Well, yeah, we got to so get they, you that that matchup against that robot. Bro. We can go ahead and just go ahead and do it, and we'll invoice uh, Spring Hill and uninterrupted. Facts, <laughs> they got that long money. It'll go viral, Spring Hill. That'll be something. We I need a million dollar budget. Listen, LeBron, LeBron can afford it. <laughs> oh man! All right, moving to the next thing on the timeline. Actually, I, I got a couple questions for you. I didn't you do see it. What I'm saying like. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious but you did go to was it an outdoor FIBA tournament or something yeah. like that that's did, how, how, number one how did you finesse in did you just like did you have a press pass did you no, just show your face no he didn't try to play like, you and say finesse in I, like you I'm just reading the off back the door. script like all I'm like doing they, is reading the script <laughs> the question here says did you have a press pass I know Who Chris was I, I got the same thing first of all first of all nah. I don't gotta finesse nothing alright ask anybody about me not only am I good in New York but I'm good in the 305 too okay. oh you valid you, you valid on both sides I'm valid on I'm valid from top to bottom but yeah listen it was the first year of uh, FIBA 3 on 3 being in Miami they have a 3 year deal it's the perfect place for it honestly with all the you know the mixture and, and you know the blending of cultures from so many different parts of the world in Miami, especially, you know, South America, Central America, the Caribbean. Um, it's really cool to see, you know, guys and, and women from different countries and, and how, you know, they work and how they play. And I think FIBA is cool because FIBA is, a, is, a, is different from the NBA where they really just let those, you know, teams play. You know, there's, there's really no regulation. It's very, it's very street ball. It's very, you know, like hardly any fouls. It's like, I've seen, I was at the game and I think um, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic were playing each other and you know one guy from the PR team knocked somebody from the Dominican team flat out not a single whistle was Damn. called they just wait kept like through a, no, through no, a no. punch like they, he, he no, like checked Chris. them no not oh, like when you say when I hear knocked out listen I got my boxing gloves right here no I can get it wasn't violent it wasn't violence he literally <laughs> just like checked him and what would have been a foul in the NBA the ref just like literally looked down at him and just kept going and I was like this right. is dope but that's it, it reminded me a lot of street ball in New York yeah and I, I want to send a huge shout out to my guy Roger Mason man they helped put that event on and the one thing we can say about that event it was it was basketball but it was entertainment as well you know you were there Ashley like and that's the thing we we're starting to realize about these basketball events everybody just don't want to go to basketball events and be bored and that's why people love going to the Hawks games because sometimes you know you never know they might have two chains perform at halftime Gucci and that's what I think that's what I think Roger did a good job of he he made it not just basketball but it was entertainment it was like a dunk contest mm-hmm. it was, a three, it was nice. they had a celebrity match Mayweather played and a celebrity match mm-hmm. Floyd Floyd played? Yeah, yeah yeah Mayweather was hooping so it just shows his creativity and most importantly I'm glad Ashley was able to say that 3X, it's about rugged basketball. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying knock people teeth out, but play basketball. It's a, a strong man sport. It's a strong woman sport. It's not for the weak. Yeah, and I really, and I think it's cool too, because when you go to NBA games, right, you, you look around the, you know, the arena and you can see, you know, it's either predominantly men or if there are women there, you can also see that they're obviously from the area, right? Or they're there with somebody. I think the cool part about FIBA is that you have people from so many different parts of the world generally invested into this game solely because they represent their country. And I think that's really, really cool too. I mean, we I saw people in the crowd from young kids to women to of, of all ages, like, you know, grandmas and aunts and sisters and cousins. And I mean, it was so cool. People were waving their flags. It was like a cool combination of like NBA meets streetball meets the Olympics. It was that kind of a pride, that kind of an energy. And I think that's really cool because, you know, in the NBA, you don't really see that. I think a lot of the times we get caught up in the names and the lights and, you know, the the bragging rights of that. But you also forget that there's, you know, aspects outside of that. And I think it's cool to be able to see that, especially in a place like Miami that is so culturally diverse. And I think 
this was just the the first year of the three-year agreement. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get better. And I recommend if anyone has an opportunity to see it, definitely come check it out. It was super dope. Did they let the players knock like rebounds off the rim? Was that a thing? Yeah, yeah like for... they let them get Bro, away with a lot. It was amazing. You know, that. you know, I was the I shooting that. coach for the 3X American uh, for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, boy, listen, it's dope. You definitely, if you, yeah. if you're, <laughs> if you're a fan of basketball, definitely check it out because the rules are completely different, but it's an enjoyable different, and it, it's really cool to check out for sure. That's fine. You, you know what else is different? Cleveland's local news. Oh God. Because oh the way they gosh. did Kyle Kuzma had me in tears. Now, granted, Kyle Kuzma oh. got his shot back, right? Because we saw what he said, but. During an interview, <laughs> what did he say back? I didn't. I didn't see that. Basically, what happened was we. If you if you don't know what happened, Kyle Kuzma was was on an interview. I, I believe the Wizards played the Cavaliers, um, and on the lower third, the Cleveland News Channel wrote, "Won an NBA championship thanks to LeBron James under Kyle Kuzma's picture." And um, I, I believe Kuz shot back on Twitter and said, "Now we have something in common because uh, obviously LeBron won Cleveland its only championship, so clearly." They won a championship because of, of LeBron as well. Um, but what did y'all think about that? And then, obviously, I guess, Lethal, we can start with you. Kuz has been a guy who's kind of been – he's been getting dirt thrown at him every single season, it feels like, like just from riding LeBron's coattails, quote-unquote, that's what people would say, to just like, you know, just anytime something wrong happens on the court, they're quick to point and laugh at him. Do you think it's time he put some respect on Kuz's name, Lethal? No, absolutely, man. And the one thing that people don't know about Kuz, man, he's 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 different when it comes to the game of basketball. Because I, I used to train him. I trained him for about a year. And uh, he deserves some respect. Uh, I, and I think you said this, uh, Chris, like sometimes when you play for the Lakers or different players that are on certain teams, you can't really shine the way you want. And, you know, you, right. I think you say when people leave, they get better. And I think Kuz is, is a great example is the, of that right now. Like, look where the Wizards are. I'm not saying the, the Wizards are number one because of Kuzma, but he, he's that type of caliber player. And I feel like more people need to respect him. And it just shows me by the news putting that as a title, all due respect to Cleveland fans, but like that, that's, that's childish to me. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, unless they're trying to go viral, unless they're trying to be funny or something, because I, I saw when Philly did said the thing about Ben Simmons, and I think Kuz did did exactly what any athlete is going to do. Talk, talk, talk your shit back, because he doesn't, it's not like he's one of those athletes that goes out and just shits on people or disrespects uh, franchises or players. So they, like people, especially fans, they have their favorites to pick on. And I think Kuz is one of those players where fans are always going to pick on him because he's not really the type that's saying much back. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him to, to, to get real spicy with some of these people because Kuzma's a good player and he deserves some type of respect. And I mean, from a media standpoint, and Chris, you can, you know, attest to this is, I think there's different types of media, right? I think that in the sports media world, you have, you know, those hot takey shows where it's about, you know, saying things that are sensationalized and polarizing. And, you know, that's that's what they're known for. That's their niche, right? You can't, you take it with a grain of salt, right? But I think with everything, there's a level of respect even in that world, right? But when it comes to the news, your job is to report the news. You're not supposed to be making jokes. You're not supposed to go ahead and berating people. That's not what you're there for. People are listening to you for the news. So I think there's become, there these lines have been blurred where every avenue of media thinks that they have the repertoire or the, the gravitas to move like another lane does, and you don't. Like even with Chris and myself, like we're active on Twitter. We'll make jokes, we'll laugh at jokes, but you will never see me flat out disrespect a player. I'll never call a player out of their name. I'll never talk about his family. I'll never try to go ahead and attack his character or her character. Like there are just lines you don't cross. It's all fun and games when you're talking about and you're making jokes like, you know, West Brick and you put that on Twitter and it's, it's funny. But to actually call somebody that like when you're referring to him in a regular space, that's not funny. Like it, it's, it, there's a level of respect that you need to have for these people as players who are playing at the highest level of, of, you know, competitive sports possible, but also a level of respect you need to have for people as men and women, you know, as people, as individuals, as humans, it's just, it's not okay. And there needs to start, lines need to stop being blurred and respect needs to start being given. What they did on a news channel was completely and utterly unacceptable and unnecessary. And whoever thought that headline was cute was very mistaken. And that's, that should not be cool. 
Ghetto, and, Ash. And, and, and the one thing we can say, if they would have came back, if it was like a joke, cool. But they were trying to like really yeah, like, it's like, disrespect him. Like he didn't deserve to get a ring. And by you saying that, you know, I, I help the Bucks. I'm always there. I'm there every other week uh, helping a few guys on the team. And I feel like Bucks fans, you heard that, man. She, You see where her motive is. Unblock her on Twitter. <laughs> like, let's, 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 let's fix this feud right now, Bucks fans. She's she's for everybody. She's positive. She loves the sport. I she's do. not trying to dog people. So Bucks Twitter, like, unblock her. I don't her know why too, Bucks bro. Twitter hates me. I, all I did, <laughs> listen, <laughs> all I did was report a legitimate rumor. Y'all yeah. went on to win a championship. Like the yeah, joke is the joke is on me. Like y'all don't yeah, need to yeah. come at me crazy. The I, I love Aaron Rodgers. From, from Shout out to Wisconsin. <laughs> like it's it's no it's no shade. It's no smoke. But I really do believe that members of the media need to stop trying to get clicks for every asinine just off the wall take. And remember, at the end of the day, these are men and women with families, and you need to have a level of respect. That was not cool what they did to Ben Simmons, where they showed the trash can and said, Oh, it was Ben Simmons sighting. Bro, that's not funny. I know you thought the joke was funny when you it was in your head and it left your mouth, but when it hit actually in real time, it was dry, it was dusty, it was corny, it wasn't necessary. Like, stop doing it. We don't need to hear it. The jokes aren't even original. Like, y'all are not Dave Chappelle. Cut it out. Like, it's not funny. Mm. Let's let's circle back real quick to Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is shooting thirty seven percent from three. That's a career high for him. He's averaging nine rebounds a game. Wow, oh my goodness, nine rebounds. That that is tough. Do you think it's because he's in a market that's not as all eyes on you like L A. and maybe it's it's given him a little bit of more a level of of comfort relaxation. To, yeah, he's more Pro- relaxed and because of that. He's playing better. Probably some of that. I also think, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. is one hell of a coach, and he's an early candidate for Coach of the Year, in my opinion. I think he's getting the most out of these guys. And, I mean, Kuzma told us in L.A., right? He said, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a really good player, but because I'm playing with LeBron and I'm playing with AD, I can't really show you guys everything because we're playing through them. Now he's playing with a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. He's playing with a Bradley Beal. He's playing with different guys that need the ball, but he's also finding his way to, to impact different games. We saw him kind of break out as a rebounder last season in LA, right? Where he started grabbing those offensive boards. Um, and we're seeing that continue this year. So I'm, I'm happy to see him averaging 14 and a half points. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the last two years in LA, he averaged less than 13. So, you know, I mean, give Kuzma his flowers. He, he's, a, he's a good basketball player, man. He went to the Wizards. He's not trying to average 30. He's doing what's needed in that system mm. so they can win. And that's rare. And that's what fans have to understand. A player like Kuzma, he could say, shit, I'm trying to go to the Wizards and average 25 like Bradley Bill. No. If you see Kuzma, he's clapping for people on the team while other people are doing good. I think KCP, when I don't think, I know because I took the notes, but KCP hit a big shot uh, yesterday. And then Kuzma, like, look at the excitement, how he is. Like, he's never one of those players that we can say, damn, like, why, why Kuzma bring that type of energy? He's always happy. And he, I feel like when people are trying to attack him, they you, you pick and choose which players you're going to attack. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think he, you know, in closing, I think he, I think he looks happier. And I think he looks like, you know, he's more relaxed. He's more comfortable. I think that it showcases, you know, it comes across rather in his game and the way that he's playing. And I think that people underestimate the you know the comfort of a of a stress free environment as stress free as the NBA can be right you know there's already added pressure playing at the upper echelon of sports and and wanting to win a franchise for a city and for the fans and all that stuff but it, you know the added pressure of feeling like you don't belong or you're not good enough or if you make one wrong move you're gonna get clowned the next day on on first take and all these other you know um, outlets and, and the blogs are gonna rip you and NBA Twitter's gonna rip you. I think when he's kind of been able to fly under the radar, it's been better for him as a player. And he got the last laugh, right? Kuzma did hit the game winner against the Cavaliers. And they're number one. Right? Number one Wizards. Crazy. And he hit the he hit the game winner against them. So. Shout out to the Wizards, man. I've been going there as well, helping a few guys on the team. I, Where don't I you just, go, Lethal? The Knicks, apparently. I used to come to the Nets. We need to do a whole podcast show. We need to do a whole episode of this show and just run off a bunch of players and ask Lethal how he could fix them. Like, let's call it Ask Lethal. And I'm going to well, make that, a list. That costs of, a lot of money I'm for gonna, you to I'm tell gonna, that, gonna, I'm going to make a list of players. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I Lethal. I interrupt. They got to pay me a little bit more to tell Lethal, that. Lethal, how can I fix Julius Randle? Here's how he fix I mean, just, just tell him to calm down. I mean, once you once you jab two, three times, if it's not there, just give it up and cut. And once you pass, don't sit in the same spot. Julius Randle, he's a specimen. He's, specimen. he's definitely one of the best 
basketball players in the world, but sometimes he stands around and sometimes he, in his jab series, takes a little bit longer than usual. But if he quickens up that jab series and um, works on his passing, Jesus Christ, the Knicks would be... Whew. Josh, put that in the calendar. Ass lethal. <laughs> Certified buckets. Ass lethal edition. Remember what happened the last time we had a player that was jab stepping too much at Madison Square Garden. He got Ooh. booed up out of the... Ooh. Carmelo Anthony. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey. And nah, we hey. love we love some Carmelo, but we know what happened. We know exactly how he got cast out. And Knicks fans started booing that. Never man. me. Y'all started sighing. Never me. Y'all started sighing. I, I would be in there and y'all, I would hear people start groaning whenever he touched the ball Not in me. isolation because you knew right. he was about to jab step his man right. 85 times Not me. and then dribble, I dribble, listened. pull up. I would have given up my unborn child to have Carmelo a little bit longer. Oh, yeah, I think they, I think they did him a little dirty we did too him, fast. We did him so dirty. I, Shout out, Phil That was Jackson. one of the greatest times of my life being a Knicks fan yeah, that it was era. Lit up in there. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment, the Certified Buck of the Week. And you know what they say: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it. What the? You can't make you it can't get buckets. Make it get buckets. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lead a horse to water. But you can't make it get buckets. No, Let's you get can lead a horse to water. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it get buckets. Let's get to it. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. My certified bucket of the week, I got to go with Zoe. Um, the one thing I can say as a trainer, I don't train him, but I'm very proud of his determination to get better. Um, in today's NBA, if you can't shoot the basketball, you're a liability and people put that stigma on him that he couldn't shoot. There's different areas on the court right now um, that I've noticed he he doesn't shoot from. But the system that they have, where he gets his shots from, he's very he's very lethal. Um, I think this year he's shooting the highest shooting percentage from three pointer of his career. And every single year prior to that, he he's he's got better. And that just comes from getting in the gym. And I feel like in today's NBA, I see other notable NBA players who played in the past and say, you know, we should make the system around the person that fits the person if they can't shoot, if they can't do this. You're not wrong, but I feel like that person should still work on their weakness. And the one thing we could say about the NBA in the in the prior years, when somebody couldn't do something, they 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 got better at it every year. Kobe, you know, he said I couldn't do something with my left hand, I'm gonna do it my left. He say something I can't do something my, like MJ, he, they said he couldn't shoot. He changed that stigma. LeBron James, they said he couldn't shoot. He changed that stigma. I feel like Zoe is a prime example that if you have an unorthodox shot, if you can't shoot the basketball, if everybody's making fun of you, if the whole world has a joke to say, you can literally, with consistency and every day working on your craft, change those laughs to people being fans and change people from doubting you to believing. And I think the world right now... Uh, believe in Zoe's shot, and I just want to send a huge congrats to him. Keep up the great work. Continue to stay locked in. And uh, to those other NBA players and other uh, pros, if you don't have a jump shot, it just starts with getting in the gym every single day working on your craft. We've got the stats here for, for Alonzo Ball. 2017, he shot 30% from three. Wow. 2018, it increased to 32.9. 2019, there was a huge leap to 375 2020, it was 37.8, and this year he's shooting 44% from downtown. I mean, just absolutely. That's what we talk about. We talk about personal development and professional development. That, that That's what and it he is shot, right He shot the damn ball off last night when I was taking notes against the Lakers. Teams put him in situations that they try to force him to shoot the shot because there's certain, certain angles right now mm. that he can't shoot at. But I know he's working on it. But the shots that he took that fit the system for his jump shot yesterday, I don't even think it hit rim. I don't think none of the mm. shots hit rim. Well, it's funny you guys mentioned his his development and his dedication because it was one of the reasons, and I know a lot of people were like not a fan of this take either, what else is new, but I really wanted Lonzo on the Knicks because I felt like mm. he mm-hmm. was somebody who had a lot of you know growing to do but was willing to do the work. And I think sometimes... You know, fans want, you know, a popcorn player that you could just put into the microwave and he's exactly what you want the minute he gets there. And that's not always the case. You know, not everybody comes into the league just ready to go. That's what separates some of the legends, you know, from the guys who take longer to get there. I mean, even every player that you you can think of, for the most part, had aspects of the game that they wanted to or had to improve. The difference is who's willing to do the work to do that. And I feel like Alonzo is one of those players. I think he would have you know, fitting great with New York, the, you know, New York mm-hmm. City culture. I would have paid good money to see LeVar and Spike Lee sitting courtside arguing back and forth. That would have been sensational. 
But I think, you know, he's doing great things in, in Chicago and shout out to him. But speaking speaking of the Knicks, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this trajectory going. And I'm gonna give my certified <laughs> bucket of the week to Emmanuel quickly, somebody who I mm. am a huge, huge, huge fan of. Four for four from three, 16 points in the win versus the Pacers in a crazy game. One thing I love about quickly and I don't know if you guys will agree with this comparison. He reminds me a lot of Lou Will. Um, he he has this fearlessness. You know what I mean? When he gets when he gets in the zone, he gets in the zone, and and it's great to see. And he's so young, but I think also what I love about quickly, he's never afraid to step into the moment. Playing in New York, we talk about it all the time. It's extremely difficult. A lot of guys can't do it. It's a lot of pressure. The media will rip you to shreds every chance that they get. The fans are not afraid to boo you and cheer you in the same day. But you know, to be to be young. And to be able to, you know, to to live in that and still get better and still live up to the moment and still step up when you're needed. I mean, that's that's a testament to somebody who's going to be special. And I say the same thing about R.J. Barrett. They're going to be special. They're still so young, but they have so much potential. And you see it in spurts. I mean, these guys are going to be in this league for a very long time. Shout out to Quick, man. Big fan. What do you think about this comp? Because I don't see Lou Williams in Quick, but I do see some Spencer Dinwiddie. Just in terms of their their body type, their body size, they, the way they both like to get downhill, their shooting form. Um, I, I, li- I like Quick a lot. Um, but what do you think? Do you think he plays at all like Spencer? I mean, I think there are aspects. I say Lou just because I know him and, and Lou have a relationship. And I know Lou has said time and time before that he sees aspects of young Lou Will in him. And I think that, you know... If that continues, we'll only see that with time. I think that, you know, he uh, quickly, the way that he idolizes Lou Will, I think he, a, a lot of his game is is modeled after him. You know, you, we talk about the vets. We talk about Derrick Rose. We talk about Julius Randle, who's the center of that team, obviously. But you can't forget the young guys. I mean, those young guys are putting in the work. And I think the cool thing about young players across the board in general is there's so much potential with them. Like, you can mold them and, and develop them and and just watch them flourish from point A to point B. And, and Lethal, you can probably speak on that. I mean, there's nothing, it's great working with the legends, right? It's great working with the big names, but they're kind of already in their ways. The young guys, there's so much possibility with them. It's got to be fun to work with guys like that. Man, absolutely. Because the NBA is in great hands right now because all this young talent, like which I said before, I think we just posted about as a story. This young talent is hungry. This mm-hmm. young talent is, they're not cool. This young talent, they're coming for your neck. And right. the one thing we can say about some of the older guys, you know, I'm a trainer. Sometimes you train older guys. Sometimes you train younger guys. But some of the older guys, they're a little, a little bit more arrogant and sometimes they're sometimes stuck in their ways. So, you know, I just want to say, you know, the NBA keep, keep doing a great job of the people that you are drafting. Of course, we're going to draft the top basketball yeah, of players, course. but they're, they're they're drafting players that have humility. They're drafting great players that have just just all around good, good people. I'm not saying the older guys aren't, but I'm saying like the NBA is going to be something different in five years. It's That's be about crazy. to be a clickbait article tomorrow. Lethal Shooter says the older guys are not good people. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, speaking of stuck in their ways, who's, here's someone who's not. And this is my certified bucket of the week. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, uh, since we're taking it right back to Chicago. And remember, DeMar is a guy who, you know what I'm saying, call a spade a spade. We've considered him a non-shooter for most of his career. He's shooting 37% from three this year in in, in Chicago. That's crazy. He's averaging 27 points a game, shooting 51% from the field, close to 40% from from three, and close to 90% from the foul. And he's shooting 87% from the free throw line. Um, and obviously still getting those four assists. And then when, and then we, we spoke about LA, he's an LA guy and he goes back, you know what I'm saying? I think, what do he hang? He hangs something like 30, what, 38 against the Lakers and then 35 against the Clippers. Uh, I, I mean, and, and a lot of people had mixed opinions about what type of fit DeMar DeRozan would be next to Zach Levine, next to Lonzo Ball, next to Nikola Vucevic. I thought it just made sense just because you're putting, like, what did I say, right? Either the Bulls are going to be a complete mess and implode. And that's not what we've seen so far. We've seen the other side of it. We've seen a team that just makes sense. You've got Lonzo there pushing. Lonzo's out there. He's half point guard, half quarterback. He's just sitting there throwing full court lobs all day long because he's got two wide receivers that are going out to get the ball. And DeRozan is proven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and if you think about this, he got traded from Toronto to the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. And then the Spurs went on and won a championship with Kawhi Leonard. And no one thought about DeMar DeRozan again, to be fair. 
and, and now he's in another market. He's in Chicago. He's having a, a career year. Um, things you love to see. Uh, that's my certified bucket. Shout out to DeMar DeRozan, man. He, he's doing his thing. All right, fellas. Well, look, that is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. How you feeling? I feel great. You know, I want to go lace these up again. You feel? Oh me? my uh, god, the boxing gloves again. Put the boxing gloves down, Chris. Jesus. All right. Well, while Holyfield is lacing up his gloves, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And do not be afraid to shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. Fellas, any final thoughts, predictions for this Warriors-Nets game? Lethal prediction. Warriors win by nine, but KD has 45. Okay. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Obviously, the Nets lost Joe Harris. Um, He turned his ankle, and he's hurt. And I think the Nets are going to have to figure that out. Um, but I just think the Warriors are playing really good basketball, and they're going to pose they're going to pose the same problems against the Nets that they pose to everybody else. They're going to light it up. They're going to they got the league's best defense. It's going to be tough to stop. I have a high scoring game for Kevin Durant, but it will not be enough. Warriors by six, and Josh oh by six. Josh will not be afraid to play this back to see who was right and who was wrong. But until then, we are out. Peace until next week. Yeah.